Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, your best source for information, news, tips, and tricks to get you off the ground running and earn success with your custom apparel decorating business. So get ready to soak up some knowledge. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mark. Hey, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast. This is Mark Stevenson. And this is Mark Vila, and today we're here to talk about how to buy used equipment. Or should you buy used or equipment? Or should you buy used equipment? Or what's the deal with buying used equipment? Well, yeah, all of that, all of that. So one of the things that um, that I've run into over the years, um, working in marketing and working in sales, in equipment sales, um, is uh, a lot of people are interested in used or pre-owned equipment. Mm-hmm. And, um, and really when in selling equipment, you know, would turn into a conversation. Well, what are you looking for? Why are you looking for it used? And I think we, everyone knows the reason why somebody wants to buy used equipment. It's cheaper, it's cheaper, you cheaper. know, that, that's it. Every, yeah, <laughs> that's it. You know, so, so everything, anything that's secondhand, anything that's been used by somebody else and being resold, um, is going to be cheaper and it's a way to save money. So I think in this podcast, we'll go through answering some questions about how to go about finding that equipment, the right equipment, if it's a good idea, what should you be concerned about? How do you protect your investment? Um, there's a lot of questions to be asked and answered. Uh, I think we're going to go through them all. And then at the end of the podcast, really, after hearing it all, we'll kind of ask and finalize the question, is used equipment right for you? Yeah. And how do you know? And and I think there's a lot to learn. I like all that. And we're going to give you the we're going to give you the real story here from both ends, because, you know, one of us is a consumer of used equipment of different kinds. And the other one spends a lot of time trying to talk people out of buying used equipment. So um, so I think it'll be a good conversation if you uh, if you've ever bought, you know, if you um have looked at buying used and decided to buy new, then, you know, let us know, um, send us an email, let us know how we did at the end of the podcast and see if you have reasons that we didn't come up with. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So, so let's just go into some of the questions, right. And we already started with the first question a little bit, but why would you want to buy used equipment? And there's really, uh, uh, there's really two answers. I say one is you want to spend less money. You want to save money. Okay. Um, whatever that reason is, whether it's because you don't have enough or because you just want to save it to use it for something else, right? The other one is, is just opportunity came knocking. Right. Okay. So that that's that would be a reason to want to buy used equipment. A shop down the road is, is closing down. They're retiring, going out of business. And they uh, knocked on your, they literally knocked on your door and said, Hey, are you interested in buying um, this printer and this embroidery machine and this heat press? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, So we'll start with that a little bit. Um, And this could be a deep question, but, but maybe not Mark. Uh, If opportunity does come knocking, how, how do you, what are some things you could do to evaluate if that's a good opportunity for you or not? So um, let's talk about it. Let's separate out the, um, you know, because sometimes people do have the opportunity to buy an entire business, which is a different conversation. Okay. There's a lot of risks involved with that. Buying, you know, a whole suite of equipment or somebody else's business is a big deal. 
And I think we may have talked about that at some point. We, we, we've actually have had a podcast um, where we discussed that before. We can look it up and put it in the notes if we find that. That, that sounds good. <laughs> so, but the, um, the risks involved in buying a, uh, a piece of used equipment and how you might want to evaluate it is first you're going to take a look, you know, you're going to want to um, definitely get the information about the equipment first. Like, uh, does it come with software? Um, can you transfer the registration of the software? Um, is it under manufacturer's warranty? How is it, what does that warranty look like? Um, is training included from that person? Do you have a relationship with a, with a dealer or a distributor that's going to help you if you need it? What's the deal with tech support? Are you going to be able to get help? And I think I've probably got a horror story for the wrong answer to each one of those you know, over having been with Cold SE for 10 years, you know, and hearing different stories and have people calling in, um, you know, we've got, we've got examples of where each one of those things becomes a failure point um, for your business. So the risk is, the risk in starting any business is high, right? Most, most new businesses fail. Um, but, um, but, the, but adding the risk of your equipment failing, because you bought used is just is just piling on in my opinion. Okay. Okay. So that actually, I think for that, that you what you've answered there, what you the examples you gave there are, are a bit of um, whether you're saving money or opportunity came knocking, those are the that's your checklist of things you need to know. Yeah. And and some basic risks involved. And and I have a, a couple things to add because I think there's levels of risk and reward to be determined on both of these, right? So there's one is saving saving money, and then one is jumping on an opportunity, right? Um, so in regards to saving money, Mark uh, listed some things. And so you said, um, is there a warranty? Is there software? Is the software transferable? Um, uh, how, how do you get it repaired? Are you able to get it repaired? Have there been repairs? What are those repairs? Um, what about training and tech support and in a relationship with whoever handles that, right? So that's, that's kind of a whole list of things that need questions need to be asked. And each one of those have levels of risks. Now, certain things, when we're talking about saving money, you can really see how that starts to chip away at your savings, right? Um, so I think that one's easier to answer. Um, when we talk about the risks involved. So does it come with software? No. Okay, I have to buy software. How much is it? Okay, that's $1,000. All right, so there's $1,000 out of my savings, right? And then you, you could add all that up in regards to training or tech support or um, any possible startup supplies you have to buy. You know, uh, maybe it comes with, the printer comes with ink, but the ink's all old, so it's useless. Right. Now you have to buy new ink. Well, does a new printer come with ink? What does that cost or is that included? Yeah. Okay, so you can start chipping away. Now, um, the second thought that I had, though, was kind of like a little bit of an opportunity knocking. And I think this is where it gets a little bit um, trickier and easier, maybe even, because I can envision some scenarios. Um, okay. I own an embroidery shop. And I have three embroidery machines that I know how to use well, and I know how to repair them well. And I'm not really scared of the risk of those machines. I even have some parts lying around. Right. Um, and another shop down the road or just somebody I ran into on the internet is selling 
one of their embroidery machines for dirt cheap, you know, 25% of the value of a new one. Um, and I just do the math and I say, listen, um, it's a $2,000 risk. It may or may not have issues that I'm not necessarily scared of because I'm experienced. Um, so I'm just going to buy, I'll just, I'm just going to, I'm going to bite the bullet and just take the $2,000 risk because the reward is a $10,000 machine. Okay. I, and, and so, so let's go back and forth a little bit here. Yeah. Yeah. I, sure. You know, when you talk about saving money, I, I was just doing a little math and, um, for the, for the purpose of today's conversation, let's say you have decent credit. So financing a new machine is an option. Okay, so um, to finance, like, and if we use an example of you're looking at a $10,000 new piece of equipment versus a $5,000 used pieces of equipment. Okay. Of the same rough type. And this is just, a, this is just a general saving money. Yeah, this like is just want. a scenario yeah. to talk about. Yeah, it's well, good. Well, that difference, that $5,000 is $110 a month in financing. Roughly $110 a month. So now you're talking about the difference between a new and a used, not $5,000, but $110 at the end of the month. And that should change your perspective because, you know, it's true. If you've got three um, Tajima embroidery machines and you want to go out and find a used one of the same model and everything, that might not be, that might be a great deal. You might be able to get a good price. You can bring it in. You, you know how to, um, you've got a, um, a support system already in place. It might be a good move. Um, but if you've been in business for a while, you've got to look at how old are those machines. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is the lifetime of the parts availability on those machines? And it applies to embroidery machines the least, which is why this is a good example. Yeah. But if you're talking about other pieces of equipment, there is a drop-off curve of parts availability and expense. Yeah. Well, I knew it was a good example too. Yeah. You know, cause there, cause I, I, and we, we had this, we were having a little bit of this conversation before um, the podcast where certain things I just have very little interest in buying used and other things I don't feel even comfortable buying new. Right. Okay. Um, so my last, my last two, three vehicle purchases were all used. Right. But um, I don't, like go to auto trader and buy something, which I know is the best deal. Right. From a third okay. party. Right. And that, that's clearly, well, maybe not the best deal. Lowest price would be buying it from a guy down the road out of his garage. Right. No dealer, no commissions, no fees. Um, I don't do that though. I don't feel comfortable that way because a bad transmission that can be hidden by dumping some, you know, goop from the auto parts store. Yeah can cost you two grand like that. And then your savings just just disappeared. Now, not, not only you lost your savings, but you bought yourself a headache. Yeah. So, so I, I like, I like that. Uh, So maybe there's three categories. Okay. There's buying a new machine. Mm -hmm. There's buying a used machine from a dealer, like a certified used machine. And then there's buying used equipment from a a private party Mm -hmm. because there is a big difference. I mean, when you do that math, you know, um, we talked about the difference $5,000 in financing is going to be roughly $110 a month. For me, if I am, even if I have three Avances, 
and I'm just going to buy another used Avance for a great deal, and it's going to be that $110 a month. What I might look at is, are you buying the 1501C Classic model, or are you buying the 2020? You know, so there's there's a difference. Like the control mm-hmm. panel was upgraded. It's a little bit quieter. You know, it's going to be have more longevity as far as, you know, parts availability and things like that. You know, you're you're getting better. Same goes with Tajima. You can buy an ancient Tajima that still works. Yeah. You know, but you can also get a new Tajima for that price differential and that that financing rate that we talked about um, that sets you up for the next 10 years. You know, just like with with Avanci or some of this other equipment, you know, where an embroidery machine is a special case, I would say, along with maybe a heat press, where the the risk is small that you're going to have a huge repair right out of the gate. The risk is small that if you already own and operate an embroidery machine, that you're going to have a have an issue with own and operating another used embroidery machine, even from another manufacturer. Yeah. That's no, that's, that's, that's good stuff. And, um, and then I think we'll get into other equipment and the risks kind of individually as we get deeper into the podcast, but what you had mentioned there, what I had said flipped to what you said, which triggered another thought, um, is there's also, there is a difference on where you're buying your equipment from. And I think that the the whole point from the whole thought process for me for buying used equipment is it's a risk reward. Right. If you right. buy um, something brand new from a dealer, your risk is lowest because if it just doesn't work out of the box or 30 days or eight months later, it quits working. Yeah. You just know it's going to be fixed. Right. right. If assuming it's the machine's fault, assume, you know, that assuming you didn't like dump coffee inside it or something. Right. But assuming it's the equipment just fails, you just know it's going to be fine. You know, everything's going to be fine. You've minimalized that risk. I mean, you're paying for it now there is there, but when you get into the used area, if you're purchasing used from a dealer, an equipment dealer, you, um, the risk is there's still a little bit of risk because that machine has been used and you don't know if it's been beat up. But it's been inspected and tested and ran by a professional. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, you're right. It's not. It's not the same low risk as brand new. Yeah, but it, it. But it is the next best thing. It's it's the next best thing now. Now the other ways you can purchase, I think used. I consider like three ways you can buy used, and I think there's three different risks involved. Okay. Okay. There's buying used from a friend. Okay. Okay. So highest somebody, risk in my opinion, <laughs> highest risk, right? Well, but but let's assume that this is um, somebody you partner business with that you very that you have a very good trusted relationship that they have good records of keeping it up. Maybe even you've used the equipment with them, right? Um, so there's a there's theoretically you could say there's a reduced risk there because you've had an intimate relationship with that equipment. It's your buddy's and you, car, and, and you know where these people live. You know where they live. You know if you're being, you know you're not being scammed. You know you're not being lied to. You know, um, you trust that records they're showing you are the truth because you trust this person. It's buying a car from uh, a good friend of yours or a brother. All right. So there's there's a risk there. Now, then there's buying it from a stranger on the internet, which is is a, a, a a very high level of risk. You're talking about this could be patchworked. 
they could have hired an electrician to solder something real quick and they don't know if it's going to last or not, but it'll work. You know, um, they could be lying about anything. Yeah. Right. Um, and then there's another one to be considered, which is buying from a broker, an equipment broker. And actually, mm-hmm. I think this is maybe the worst okay. <laughs> um, because if you're talking about there's not a lot of equipment brokers that specialize in the type of equipment that we are talking about. Yeah. Embro- embroidery machines, um, specific printers. DTG I feel I feel I've fielded calls from those people trying to value the equipment that they ended up with. Yes, because they foreclosed on a on a business or they they bought a container full of stuff and they found a DTG printer in it. And I shudder for the people that bought that equipment. Yeah, those brokers are typically like you said they're buying stuff that has been um uh, foreclosed businesses, which who knows the condition of what's happened with the, with that. Yeah. Is no, no climate control, you know, for eight it's like, months. It's like buying a house on, you know, um, a foreclosed uh, house. auction house. Yeah. Unseen. Yeah. An unseen foreclosed house. You don't know. I mean, there's my, my folks purchased a house like that when I was just a baby. And uh, one day I'll find the pictures I'll show you. Maybe I'll show in the podcast. I have them okay. somewhere right next to me, but the walls were like missing. Like there wasn't walls on the inside. Like wow. the, the apparently the person who the lived drywall. there, the neighbor, the neighbors told us that the person people who lived there were burning the drywall in the uh, fireplace as they were getting oh, towards wow. the end of their uh, uh, you know oh. uh, bad bad uh, living conditions. But anyway, um, I, I so I, the equipment broker thing is always scary. If a friend of mine is an equipment broker, but he sells a very specific line of equipment just one line, these huge $100,000 printers. Um, and he has a whole team of techs. So he's almost yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's different. It's like it's buying different. from a dealer. It's like That's buying different. from a dealer almost exactly. So, yeah. so if you run into somebody who's selling, trying to sell you an embroidery machine and they're a broker and you look at what else they sell and you see it's a tractor and, and yeah. some old refrigerators. I mean, you, you just know that you're getting bottom of the barrel equipment and, and they're charging you all the stuff to advertise it and commission for the salespeople and all that other stuff. So that's yep. why I think it's one of the worst risks. Um, yeah. But uh, so one of the things that um, I think we can move on to to the risks because we haven't ruled everything out completely. But Mark, maybe you can do some cost breakdowns of what people should be looking to expect to spend if they're buying piece of equipment for the things that are not included, like um, software warranty, because I think you need to line item this stuff. And um, I've definitely talked to people, Hey, I can buy this used embroidery machine. I can save $3,000. I just need software and this and this and hoops. Yeah. And by the time we added it up, I was like, well, now you're saving $500. Well, so. well, yeah. I mean, let's so so let's establish a few things, and that is the, um, you know, first of all, not all software is transferable easily from one owner to the next. Okay. Um, so a, um, and we don't talk about. I'm going to use Cold Essay as an example. We don't always highlight the software that comes with everything as being a separate thing. You know, so for example, if you buy a G4, you're going to get. RIP Pro 7 right now. 
So you get a RIP software that is designed to handle the transition between what you create in your graphics software to what comes out on the printer. If you are already a DTG printer, you know this, right? So it's not going to be a surprise. If you were looking at one of these new, you may not know that. And you're looking at, I, I think it's going to be around $1,500. I think that's the price for the RIP Pro software. Don't quote me, but it's somewhere in there. And um, in it's addition, at least a thousand you, for any huh? type of so, any type of software like that's at least a thousand bucks. It's a grand, yeah, yeah, at least. I mean, if you and and then there is um, training and tech support. So, um, Coldesi, if you buy, if let's say for example, this happens most with white toner printers. Um, people buy a, a, a used Oki or a used Uninet or something like that, and or they buy a new one and the dealer is just terrible and they don't train or don't support things like that. So we'll get the, the desperate calls looking for help. And uh, you know, that that's a $1,500 package to get the print optimizer software that we sell with it and to get a technical support package. So, you know, you're going to spend $1,500 on that. Um, and that goes pretty much on any, any products, you know, somewhere between a thousand and $2,000 you're going to spend just on software and um, technical support. Um, for if you're buying, by the way, if you're buying a used piece of Coldesi equipment, um, if you buy new Coldesi equipment, you get free support and you get free training as long as you own it. If you buy a used piece of Coldesi um, equipment, you do not get the same features or courtesies. We do not support the equipment. We support the people. And unless it was purchased from Coldesi. If you bought a used machine from Coldesi, you would get. Correct. Yeah. yeah. This is a private party thing. Yeah. yeah this pri So private party to be clear. Yeah. Um, and then, and then there's probably, you know, depending on which machine you get, there's maybe $500 worth of um, supplies and accessories and sundries that come with it, you know, for digital heat effects for the white toner printers that might include um, the AB paper, you know, the easy peel paper might include samples of hard surface paper or um, um, stickers, you know, things like that. It includes uh, quite a bit of that for if you buy an Avance from us, new or used. By the way, this is the same new or used. We package our, our pre-owned equipment just like it was new. That's the way we sell it. Um, so if you do an Avance, then you're going to get the Royal Cones of Thread on it. You're going to get it all checked out. You're going to get the backings and topping samples. Um, you're going to get everything that normally comes with. Um, you're going to get the opportunity to get Stitchera Liberty, um, a subscription or the full software package. Um, you know, these are things that just that come with it. Um, with um, with the direct garment printer, it gets to be even more significant because you get the RIP Pro software, which you know we already talked about is pricey, but it's also the inks. And um, honestly, like this one, I don't know when you want to talk about it, but it is mm -hmm. um, vitally important. You don't buy a used DTG printer. Yeah, well, or I a think... used high volume anything with liquid inks. Um, the biggest horror stories that I've ever heard. And I've seen come into our office is some poor guy buys a used um, DTG M2, which is a fantastic machine. And it looks great from the outside and he can't figure out why it doesn't work. And he, and, you know, 
ends up having to ship that back to us. And we open it up and there's ink everywhere on the inside. Like the boards are shot, they've shorted, the heads need to be replaced, which are thousands of dollars. You know, um, and it takes us a week to take the thing apart, clean everything and put it back again. You know, and you're gonna need to get us, you're gonna want a support and training contract at that point, you know, after all that's done. So, um, you know, the, the warranty is uh, just like any warranty, like on your car, um, things that don't go bad are warrantied. <laughs> things that aren't, uh, you know, parts you don't use, manufacturer mistakes are warrantied. But, you know, things like um, the motherboard, the, um, you know, the um, ink delivery systems, things like that, you're, you're not getting a, a five-year warranty on the ink delivery system, something that a user can make a mistake on and damage. You know, you're getting it in, in things that, you know, may break over time, but not because of something you do. Yeah, no, um, that was just a good point about that to bring up. Whether you buy a heat press from Hotronics or a car or anything like that, whenever they advertise the warranty, period, everywhere in the world, right? The fridge has a 10-year warranty, sweet. One year on the motherboards, you know, right. one, one year Zero on the stuff. years on the water lines. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, with the heat press, you're going to get lifetime warranty on the platen, which um, typical, typically, right. Yeah. Um, but uh, which is great because that gives you confidence that the platen and the heating element is built of good quality that the manufacturer is willing to risk the lifetime of the machine. But that's yeah. not what's going to go bad. That's not yeah. the motherboard is going to get damaged over time. Um, some of the wear and tear parts, the hinges, the hooks, the knobs, you know, the, all the things you're pushing all the time are what's going to break. And these are the kind of things that you um, that are are part of the evaluation, right? <laughs> because uh, they could, somebody could turn around and say, hey, listen, buy this heat press. Hey, look, this it's got a lifetime warranty. You know, but not on the on and off switch, not on the motherboard that controls the temperature. Not it, on the it, does, it doesn't cover a power surge that blows out the uh, control panel. Yeah. So, so there's, so you brought up a point, but I, I was taking some notes, Mark, and I put it in our show notes here. Um, but when you're going to, if you're going to purchase a piece of used equipment, you need to br- have with you an available checklist. Um, and here's something I just, I would tell people this all the time, and I still recommend it today. If you're going to buy a piece of used equipment or you feel like you want to, what I, and, and that's why you're listening to this. Maybe you've not even looked at any new equipment. Mm-hmm. You've got to call the new dealer that sells the new one and you need to get a quote from them because you need to find out what's included new, why yeah. it's included, what it's for, and how much it costs to buy those things individually. And then you go to your, the used piece of equipment, and you look at that checklist, okay? Now, anything that's made of uh, hard plastic or metal is reasonably okay that it's probably still good. And what I mean by that is, like, if a plastic hoop for an embroidery machine is not broken, it's probably fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, Anything that is uh, textured or soft or liquid, especially, um, 
you, is a higher risk, right? So backing could have um, mold in it. That's honestly a thing that we've seen. You know, we, yeah. we I think a while back, I remember we bought a, we bought some used equipment from somewhere. I don't even remember where. I remember um, that. And as the as the back the backing stunk as it unrolled, there was this black mold in there. So it means crazy. It was probably in a flooded building or something. Yeah. Um, but nobody knew, you know, so and um, thread can go bad as silly as that sounds. Man, let me let me tell you, listening to our support team diagnose, you know, issues where and they find out after an hour that somebody bought thread, you know, from a business that was going out of business or some from some kind of a wholesaler that had been sitting around for too long. And there were thread breaks over and over just because the thread was so old, it had dried out. Yeah, or filled up with moisture and now actually up with a different thickness yeah, so than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Throws off the timing. I mean, it's uh, it's fascinating and terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, time will do to a lot of this stuff. Yeah, so if you're looking to buy a used heat press or used embroidery machine and it comes with a bottom platen for the heat press and it comes with hoops, those reasonably are probably still good as long yep. as they don't feel like they're cracked or broken or crooked or damaged, that's reasonable. Anything soft, um, apparel, uh, thread, backing, anything like that, that soft does run moisture risks and, and um, or drying out or combination of the both. Um, and those are gonna be really hard to tell. So there's a risk involved. And then anything liquid, even if it's sealed, I'm going to be very skeptical about unless I can clearly see manufacturing dates and expiration dates and know that those are good. And with, with liquid inks, especially even if the, you know, it's within the one or two year period, which is usually generous for liquid. Yeah. Some are six months. Yeah. Some are six months. You know, even if it's within that period, that's within um, a storage tolerance. Yes. So if you buy ink from somebody that has kept it in their garage in Arizona, you know, or in their shed in Michigan through the winter, then you're not going to get um, a good quality ink and it could damage your printer. Yeah, UV ink needs to be um, agitated at a reasonable uh, amount of time, yeah. right? I believe that's, that's right. still true, right? Yeah, it's still yep. need, it needs to be agitated in order to prevent, um, I'm just going to say like particle settling. I don't know if that's the real reason, but <laughs> that's yes. a visual we can all imagine. Yes. Um, the OJ in the fridge. Um, and ink that's really old, we've pulled out, not even that old, but ink that hasn't been touched and improperly stored. I've seen them go to dump it in the waste container that we have, like, a, and when you look back in the bottle, there's a solid layer of sediment in there that didn't yeah. come out. That is, yeah. it's compact as, and you couldn't tell pouring it out. It still looked magenta. And then right. you look in there and I see the text swirling it with this. It's missing a lot of stuff. That stuff and was he, supposed to be in yeah. the rest of the ink. <laughs> Toothpaste comes out, right? Yeah. So, so the point of really of all this is you need to compare what comes new, what comes with new and what comes with your use. Evaluate which of these things are low risk that they're still good. A metal platen on the bottom of a heat press, probably fine. A yeah, hoop, agreed. probably fine. Thread, backing, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be skeptical unless I know anything liquid temperature. I'm going to be re- very, very skeptical it. about. Yeah. It's very, it's a, it's, it's your highest on the risk scale. Yeah. And, um, and so oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I just want to talk to the, to the people that have been successful buying used equipment. 
you know, because there are people that have bought used DDG printers, used BN20s oh, yeah. and things like that, and, and they've been fine. Um, you're, you're skilled and or you're lucky. You know, you're fortunate, I would say. Well, and there are I think tons that's... of people that do it, you know, um, but it's the, just because there is a high risk doesn't mean you're going to get stung. No, exactly. And that's why this episode is about how to buy used equipment, because there are going to be opportunities and you're going to look at all the math and, and follow our checklist. And then at the end of the checklist, you, you now have a risk reward kind of a, a, a tolerance area and it either falls in it or outside of it. And yeah. everybody's tolerance for that is going to be uh, a different, right? And, uh, and even and, Marks and, and I's tolerance for that is different. It is. And, and I would be very clear about that and maybe even talk it over with your um, business or life partner, you know, and, and write down what you're, what, you know, you're willing to risk. Like, uh, um, for example, our buddy, uh, customer Mark Boletnikoff, um, he could find a DTG printer in the bottom of Lake Erie and pull it up and fix it. And he'd be just fine. Right. Because he's got decades of experience working with this stuff. He's uh, had multiple models. He knows specifically what to do. If you're that person, then you're probably not listening to this episode because you already know, um, you know, but if you're, if you're not, then you really got to say, what, what are the risks, the risks, what is the risk of you buying a piece of equipment and not having ready access to tech support? So the risk, even on an embroidery machine is if you're a new user you're going to crank up your used Avance that you bought from an individual, very nice person. You love them to death, but you um, needle hits a hoop on your second day out because you've never embroidered on a commercial embroidery machine before and you broke a reciprocator and you have no idea what to do. So the first thing you do is you pick up the phone and you try to call Coldessi because our name is all over it. We're going to be, oh, I'm sorry you're having this problem. There's some videos on YouTube you might be able to find some help with. But if you want our, you know, the issue first is training. You were never trained on the equipment properly. Um, we have training courses that are is included with all of our new and used equipment. Um, and, uh, and you're missing, you know, our emergency kit that comes with these things. So it'll be four days before you get the part. It'll be a $1,500 service contract. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be. So how long can you wait? And how much are you willing to spend? If something goes wrong, you don't have ready tech support. Okay. Well, I, I learned two things or thought about two, noticed two things you mentioned there. Okay. Um, one of them is your experience and the um, health slash age of your business make a huge difference. So you okay. mentioned um, somebody who would be willing to purchase any DTG printer if the deal was right. Yeah. Um, has an established business where the that single piece of equipment is not make or breaking success. Good observation. And has a lot of experience saying, yeah, I've got some print heads, I've got some wiring, I'll make it work. If it doesn't work, the business is still running. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, but I've got all this stuff and the risk slash reward is low. And uh, maybe they even just say, you know what, I'll even just add it to my graveyard. And, and then the next time a deal comes parts. up, I've got yeah. parts, right? Um, versus somebody new with no experience, who doesn't have a graveyard of parts, who doesn't have yeah. or, or experience running it, that 
those two things need to be calculated into your risk scale when purchasing new or used. Man, I um, wish we'd led with that because that's a really good point. Yeah, and 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 I, uh, that's part of this when you look down at the paper and you say, "What's the, what's my risk and reward?" You need to add points for experience, right? Yeah. Um, and you can maybe extend that length of the risk side higher the more experience you have. Yeah, and the less experience you have, and the newer your business, and the more dependent your business is going to be on that equipment needs to reduce that risk. Man, and I, I very much agree agree with that because if you are a, like, let's say you want to go into the custom t-shirt business. So, and you have scraped together five grand to spend, right? To start your business, which is respectable. And so now you're looking for a piece of equipment that you can make custom t-shirts with for $5,000 and you see a DTG printer and you see the digital heat effects 8432 and they're like 11 all in or 15 you know 16,000 with heat presses and everything for the DTG and you go well I mean I can't afford those but I really want one of these two pieces of equipment because we make great videos and <laughs> so they they start looking at the at the used market yeah right um, and at that point your risk is the highest yeah. And I think one thing that you should do is go back to that financing, because if I had $5,000 to spend only, and I had my eye on a piece of equipment that I knew I'd be successful with, then I would use that $5,000 to finance it and pay the payments. So I get a new machine and I get 20 months worth of payments in the bank. So that's maximum opportunity for success. I don't have to worry about startup supplies or software or getting trained or somebody I can talk to if I have problems. That is your optimum. I feel like I'm closing the podcast with this. That is, <laughs> that, that's the optimum uh, circumstance. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, um, Mark's right. Like if you, if this is your business that is this embroidery machine or this white toner printer or this DTF printer or, or cutter even, you know, then write down those risks and the risk might be that you're back at your day job or you box it back up and it just sits there or you put it on the used equipment market again. Yeah. 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 And, and I'll tell you the first piece of equipment I ever bought um, was, I don't know, 2007 or something like that. Um, and it was a heat press off of Craigslist. Okay. And I think I spent $70 on it. <laughs> and uh, the first day I made like four shirts, test shirts. Yeah. And uh, the second day I made maybe another four. And then the third day when I was actually going to sell something, I turned it on and it smelled funny. And uh, then it turned off and never turned on again. So, <laughs> so it was a low risk of $70. <laughs> um, but now I had a piece of trash that was hard to get rid of. So I had to right. disassemble it um, in order for the trash people to take it. Um, so so I, I'm going to, I'm going to add something real quick. And that's yeah. your, um, uh, the risk actually wasn't as low as you might think. It wasn't the $70. Yeah. It was the loss of those customers in that order. Yeah. By the way, I never started the business back up again. Yeah, of course. I didn't. I, I, I decided that I started a different business years later. 
but I just stopped on that one. Yeah. Um, so, so part of the risk is that, I mean, that's a good point. Um, so, and, and that all boils down to the experience thing. Now, um, the next we do, there are some more lessons to learn on how to buy the equipment, right? Um, I think we've covered a lot of the decision-making, but there's more to come. <laughs> um, yes. But one of the, uh, some other things about how do you know if you're going to get something good? Yeah. And then how do you know you're going to get something good by the time it gets to you? Okay. So these are two That's very excellent. important things. So, so, so getting, yeah. getting something good is, is, you know, um, see it run. Like take a video or let's do a zoom or, a Google live or something, do a um, FaceTime, show me, show me the machine printing a shirt, show, show, show it to me, uh, sewing out um, a left chest logo, show it, um, show the heat press, heat pressing something. Yeah. Uh, Mark, I'll text you a video of it. Yeah, there you go. How do you feel about that? Uh, You know what? It's better than nothing. Okay. Right. Uh, But I would prefer to see it live. Yeah. How do you know when that video is actually taken? Yeah. Or I have a video of it. Yeah. I have a video of it when it was running. Um, I pulled the ink out of it because I had to move it. Um, yes. But here's a video that's like 30, day, 30 days ago. And, uh, but I, I took all the ink out of it. So I can't run it right now. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, that, that is a, a degree of a red, red flag. Yeah. Cause you, well, no matter you how good the excuse is, <laughs> what's yeah. that? You don't know if it's working right now. You don't know if it's working right now. So seeing it run is crucial. Um, seeing it run live and got people who are willing to swindle. They, I mean, they know how to do it. Hey, I'll, uh, they, they're really nice. Um, these are things to watch out for warning signs, but um, they're really nice. They're going to send you lots of videos and pictures. They're going to send you some t-shirts. They're going to be excited about it. And they're going to have really good reasons why they can't show you that it runs. And I mean, like, like good reasons. Yeah. You know, my mother, my mother has been in the hospital, so I had to put it down not the mother of the machine. Um, <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. So I had to put the machine down and take all the ink out, which is why I can't show you. And my shop's over in Boston, but my mom's in, in, you know, hospital out here. And, Got it. Yeah. Got right. It. Yeah. So, yeah. so watch and, out for that stuff. See and, it. Run. And, and even if it's, even if it's not a, even if it's not a scam, you know, still, if someone improperly stored a DTG printer and left a little bit of ink in the heads, then you're going to have to spend a couple of grand on new heads. Yeah. Yeah. You, you then, know, I mean, it's not like, it's not, it's not for some machines to start forgiving, you know, okay, yeah, it's true. anything well, we think is one of those. So see other, it run. Yeah. See it run further from seeing it run. If you want to minimize your risk, especially if it's a bigger investment, you hire an expert to inspect it, I like which that. is not going to be cheap, but we've had people do it. We've had yeah. people do it, you know, um, and uh, you hire somebody, maybe you're going to, maybe you're looking to buy, a, a, like you said, a shop's worth of machines, four printers or something like that. I mean, you, four printers, the amount of money you're going to put into it and all the supplies, it's probably worth the money to have an expert come out and inspect every machine yep. to reduce that risk. Um, and that could be an embroidery technician. That could be a printer technician. It's not necessarily going to be cheap, but it's part of the risk reward calculation that you do. Mm-hmm. Um 
And then the last bit is about making sure it's good by the time it gets to you. This is, uh, unless you know about shipping and receiving equipment, you it's truly tough. don't know how hard this is. Um, if you're going to buy a printer that's going to go into a box and be put on a truck by a professional service, um, uh, we don't use like UPS freight to deliver printers because even though they're a freight company and insured and all that stuff, those boxes arrive every time beat up, torn up <laughs> holes in the side. I mean, we had so many heat presses where eventually we, we stopped doing that on after a certain size. Right. Um, that, and that's with the box designed to ship it in. Yeah. Custom molded um, foam and things of that nature. So if you're getting a piece of equipment delivered, um, how are they going to send it to you? I'll, I'll put it on a pallet and wrap it, or I'll take some of these pieces apart and I'll box it up really good. Um, those are those. That's another level of risk right there. Are you sending? I would, it to I would me move that right pack? up to the to the checklist. Yeah. How would you ship it to me? And and is it in the original packaging? Yeah. No, no, I don't have that, but I'll, I'll box it up good. You know, um, whatever that means. Well. Well, good. I don't know, but, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that's another thing. And then, and then how much is that going to cost? Right? right. So, um, and this goes back to when you contacted a new piece of equipment, um, a new, when you contacted to compare it to new equipment, how would they ship it to you? How much is that going to cost? Right. Um, and, and by the way, this brings mm -hmm. up an option for seeing it run live. If you're close enough to go see it run live, that's ideal. Yeah. You know, it's worth yeah. a two hour drive or a three hour drive, you know, and, you know, as far as, you know, even cold Essie who like, we've got guys that do nothing all day, but create these things up, mm -hmm. you know, and box them, uh, get them just perfect. And they even record the process, you know, of what's included and that everything is good before they put in the, put it in the box, which I'd recommend you request as well, you know, so, okay. So you're going to box it up today. Just do a little video while you're boxing it up. Show me what it looks like, yeah. you know, and then, and then you'll have one last opportunity to say, nope. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great too. Um, so inspection and delivery are, are huge. And again, it's all about this scale. I keep envisioning it, right? If somebody says to me, Hey, um, for 50 bucks, I'll send you a white toner printer. Right. I might just buy it. You know, like, like I might just that, like, like I'm not even starting a business with it. Uh, it just, it's no money. I'm going to waste that money on coffee this month. You know what I right. mean? So who cares? Right. Um, and the other side is I'm going to sell it. I'm going to sell you this white toner printer. It's in great condition. I'm going to save you a thousand bucks versus new. That to me is just like, why bother? The yeah. risk is the reward is so small. Yeah. Right. Oh, by the way, they haven't made parts in 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I, and I think we mentioned it, but just to make sure, just, just talking when we are talking about seeing it run and how it runs um, and those questions about the warranty and such, it's important um, to go directly to the manufacturer and ask about parts availability. And you could just yeah. say, I'm looking to buy, I'm looking to buy a 2010 embroidery machine from XYZ brand. Do you sell parts for that? Yes, we do. Are, are all of them available? Okay, well, um, currently, you know, motherboards are out of production, you know, things like that. Yeah, that happens. Happen. Happened with Toyota. Toyota yeah, machines. especially specialty equipment. 
I mean, gosh, we, we, TVs, we, you sorry, can't we, even we buy still replacement get calls, parts. We still get calls, people um, looking at used, hey, can I get a motherboard for an HM1? Yeah. Which was like, what, 08? Something like that, yeah. Oh, tw- 20, 2012, you know, that they're looking at buying, uh, buying a used DTG printer and they need, they need parts and, and they haven't made those. Yeah. And generally speaking, nobody has a 10-year-old printer period in general. You know, yeah. Everywhere. Think about your office. Yeah, your office, just schools. You know, anywhere. You know, printers just just have a certain life. You know, and anything electrical. Um. So, so uh, we've covered we've covered a lot of things like a lot of that. I think we. I mean, the last question we had were what were the risks and reward, but rewards. But I think just in general, we went over that pretty darn well throughout this podcast. I'm gonna. I'll. I'll. I'll give you my my breakdown. Yeah, I sure. think it's a great idea to buy a new equipment from buy new equipment from a dealer. I think most of the time when you when you do the math on a monthly basis, if you're financing, um, the risk is is rarely worth it. I think that if you can buy a relatively new piece of used equipment from a dealer, that's even better because you get all the benefit of dealing with with somebody that knows what they're doing and you get the startup package and everything, but you save money. Um, and in that case, I, I, I kind of like that idea, if you can get it. Um, and then buying a used piece of equipment from, a, um, from an individual, mm-hmm. and you're very experienced with it, sure, that's a yes. You have a better idea of the risks. And buying it without all of that, then I think that's a terrible idea. Yeah. I mean, the, they, they I, like it. Yeah, I feel... Um... And the way that I evaluate buying new versus used in general, personally, and this is how I personally do it, is um, for one, I um, I'm just how critical is this thing, right? That's that's part of it, you know. How critical is it? Um, so, um, what's going to happen if it stops working right away? So, um, mobile phone, I'm just not interested at all. It's very important to my work life. It's very important to my personal life. I think it's uh, nowadays, you know, uh, there's some safety and security in a mobile device. You know, if you need help, that's where you call, right? You don't have a house phone anymore. So I just want that new, critical. Um, You know, a a tool that's not electronic, you know, um, like just a a hammer that is that, that, or a sledgehammer or an axe or a knife, you know, um, or a gun even, you know, that I can get somewhere um, that's used is, I mean, it's not mission critical. I think it's probably not going to break. When we start getting into electronics, that's where the risks start being involved. And that's where I think it's really important then to say what's going to happen when it breaks and how much is it going to cost to fix it? Yeah. Right. A used TV that's 300 bucks. Who cares? You know, I mean, if it, you're never going to fix it, you're not going to, you can't it fix away. it anyway. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's probably fine. Um, a used refrigerator, you start getting into bigger risks there. Um, because it can cost you 500,000 bucks to fix a motherboard under, I just had that happen. Um, actually, so I bought a new refrigerator. Right. Uh, so I think that these are just the things you need to consider. And, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean in my opinion, it doesn't necessarily mean that just buying used is bad in general. It's right. it's about the risk and reward calculation and truly understanding what you're getting, what you're not getting, and how much it will cost to fill in those gaps. 
And if you do the math on filling in the gaps, and then you consider the risk and how much you're saving. And also, Mark, you made a good point about breaking that down into financing. If you're going to um, take out money on your credit card or, or use some of your home equity loan or something like that, take out a bank loan to purchase this stuff, you're in payment mode now. You're no longer in cash mode. And right. then you need to start looking at the payment difference. Um, and uh, so what's the difference between uh, financing this used one on my credit card or bank loan versus an equipment lease from a dealer? And then also, we're not, we didn't even get into talking to uh, uh, your tax accountant or something like that about all this stuff. Right. But that's another, that's, yeah. a, that's another conversation to be had. After all that, you look at it. And if it's, if, it's the, if it's clear as day that it's a really good deal for you and you don't feel that the risk is bad, um, then that's how you buy a piece of used equipment. Um, and that's when it's a good decision. But if, if it's critical to your business, I think that that's the biggest failure because it's not just the risk of the money, like you mentioned before. It's the risk to the, to the business. And um, it's significantly, most businesses by a majority um, will end up failing to one degree or another. And uh, adding uh, equipment failure to the reason that the business went down is is quite unfortunate. Yeah, that's a that's a great way great way to put it. You brought up some good points, and I think that um, the, the the cash flow thing, especially you know, if the, your main motivation is because it's less expensive, um, and you're able and willing to finance, I, I really think that's worth such a close look. You know, most of our customers make between ten and fifteen dollars a shirt. You know, if they're doing custom T-shirts, that's accurate, Mark. About that, yeah, that's what we yeah. hear a lot. Mm-hmm. So let's say ten bucks a shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, an extra hundred, even an extra hundred and fifty dollars a month in payments between a new and a used, it's fifteen shirts. You know, so is it is it worth fifteen shirts a month? You know, to take the the risk that you've laid out. If you say yes, then great. Now you know you've got a good reason to go ahead with getting a, a good quality piece of used equipment. If you say no, then, you know, it's time to take another look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And, and I hope that uh, after listening to this, uh, if you're in the market for used equipment, you just, you understand better what you're looking to purchase because this isn't a Toyota Corolla, you know, that there's that you can just throw a rock and accidentally hit one out there. You know, this right. is probably uh, uh, any, any of the equipment that Coldesi sells are, uh, more rare pieces of equipment. You probably don't know somebody in your circle of friends that owns one. Right. Right. Um, so it's rare equipment. It's not as easy to, um, to necessarily get support or training or help or, or parts or things like that, that are used that are. Um, so if you're maybe are accustomed to buying used things, like you don't mind buying a used laptop or a used, um, you know, fridge or a used car, you know, just, uh, you know, understand that it's in a different class. So you need to evaluate this, evaluate it differently. Yes. And come to your conclusion differently. And then definitely you should talk to whoever the dealer is of new equipment and get the whole information on what's new, what it comes with. Um, ask about that older equipment uh, yeah. and you can let them know, say, Hey, a friend of mine has this equipment. How, how it was that a good machine? You know, was that a good year? You know, I mean, find see what you can find out um, yeah. from that type of stuff, and uh, and 
you'll learn a lot. You'll learn a lot That's and you'll great. make a better decision. All right. I think that um, a lot of people are going to be going through our notes. So we'll have to take a, um, have to make sure that we put everything we can in there, Mark. So somebody can just uh, take a look at it, copy, paste it, print it, and start talking to people about yep. used equipment using, using that kind of checklist. Yep. The homework I would say um, on this podcast, I don't think we've done homework in the past few, but the homework would be right. is if you're looking at used equipment and that's where you are right now, and that's why you're listening to this podcast, you've got to take notes somewhere on uh, all of the risk evaluation. You could do your own little scoring, you know, if you want to, or whatever it might be, but you've got to take notes on everything and then really look at it from that bird's eye view and truly understand what the difference is um, between the new and the used. And then, then you'll, it'll be much more clear to you that you're making the right decision. You're making a decision with confidence and, uh, and that'll make you feel great. And, and, and uh, you know, give you a successful business, I guess. Right. Cool. Get you on the road. I I think that's a great place to stop. Hey, listen, everybody. Thanks for, um, thanks for listening to the custom apparel startups podcast. We really appreciate it. We hope you subscribe to us online. Visit the CAS podcast, podcast.com website um, every day and uh, check us out on YouTube as well. Yeah. Thanks a lot, everybody. This is uh, Mark Vila. And Mark Stevenson, you guys have a good business.